Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, our heroes fought Jolstina Suspirio and her flesh golem ally to a draw. With the undead hordes called off for now, what secrets does this evil acrobat have to share with the battered but not beaten party? The Cursed Campaign continues now. tough combat that isn't even maybe over i don't know you guys i guess you guys are going to negotiate here negotiations have been tense <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard for vec to talk with a torn open jugular yeah probably i think you guys are going to have to take point on this one <laughs> heavy charisma character is going to be talking through one of those like Ugh. yeah i'm just going to like be gargling liquid the entire time to really get the you need the uh, drowning in blood sound you need you know? Diego to like hold you like hold hold around your neck <laughs> to keep it keep you in we need a translator too mm-hmm. yeah somebody that speaks Aquan <laughs> <laughs> to uh you know interpret between the bubbles yeah that was uh that was tough guys that was um that was severe bordering on extreme encounter at the top there which is you know is why you were given like plenty of time to recover your resources and that kind of thing and i'm very glad vec didn't have to use a ton of his uh heels in the in the zombie encounters because Mm -hmm, that was um meant to be very tough and i think succeeded on the front of being very tough even up to where we ended like until she she started like negotiating i was still worried about what the outcome would be because it's like she like eventually you know you're kind of like you know you're rolling until until the end but like she is still able to put out a bunch of damage yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it's scary she did 80 points of damage to vec and granted that was almost as high as i could possibly roll for a critical but i mean that's intense that's a lot of damage Mm -hmm. for a level six character put you full to nothing that was a lot. I think I remember after we wrapped this combat that we like went downstairs or whatever. And I was like, Griff, did we screw up here? Because for a second, I she's been doing this through the manner where she like takes one pot shot and leaves the encounter. And that kind of is what it was looking like was going to happen. Maybe she t- was going to take one to two shots and then leave. So I thought we trapped her in the encounter artificially, making it a lot harder. But it sounds like that's not the case, and this just was really tough. We were we had a tough golem and a tough her. Yeah, uh, like she she wasn't going to leave the manor, so basically, mm-hmm. you know, she's just taking pot shots at you guys while you were occupied by way too many zombies. I think in the in like the first edition version, you know, with without the changes I've made to make this second edition viable. It's like there are so many zombies in this house Mm -hmm. and it's basically just like her running room to room, like taking a pot shot at you with sneak attack and uh, and you guys getting gummed up by all these zombies and unable to chase her. And she does that the entire time until you like corner her in this version, because I knew it would be way too brutal to have her just taking pot shots at you while you fight that zombie horde. I was pretty much like, okay, she's going to take like one shot per combat 
and then just retreat upstairs until they eventually get upstairs and then it'll be a combat upstairs. Like normally this upstairs encounter would have had eight zombies Hmm. instead of that flesh golem. It would have been like eight zombies in this small space and you guys trying to get to her through these zombies in second edition. It doesn't work as well because of the, how tight the math is like in one E a zombie could hit you and all the zombies have AOL. Yeah. Uh, in 2e none of them have aoo and none of them so it's it's just like okay i walk past five zombies and attack her <laughs> right so i think i think i put some fear into you guys with this flesh golem that could do a shitload of damage could knock you down and was kind of like okay well if you're gonna chase her i'm gonna focus on the back line and beat them to a pulp and so you realize very quickly that you had to kind of step back and help the back line deal with this thing yeah i was feeling the fear i was feeling it (laughs) yeah um what do you guys think about the end there i mean so i kind of instigated the um the ceasefire by basically threatening figgy but i think really that was brought on by the tactics that mir has employed multiple times now with uh you know with her front line now being able to aoo which is like, I'm going to use the scatter screen, which has become incredibly powerful now that you have her surrounded yeah. and she can't take a step anywhere out of difficult terrain. So I think like from my perspective, it was okay. I'm going to stand and bang and kill someone and probably die through these AOOs or I'm going to cease fire. And, you know, she doesn't necessarily have a death wish, mm-hmm. but I bet for you guys, it was kind of like, I want this woman dead. Yeah, Mir was very, very mad that she threatened Figgy like that. How dare she? But I also understand, like, why why that all happened. And I, I mean, yeah, she was kind of locked in there as I could just keep... It's a cantrip. I can cast that a bunch of times. She's screwed. <laughs> I feel like it's almost mid-combat it's necessary for the GM to initiate those kind of things because like if the players are going to negotiate it's going to be before initiative is rolled usually I feel like unless you've got like a someone RPing is like a uh, some sort of like redeemer or yeah. or something like that but like as soon as combat's rolled like I feel like I, I focus in on okay how do we I'm only looking at like killing what's on the board I'm not looking at like negotiating and stuff unless we're like we've talked about doing non-lethal stuff but still that's taking down an opponent not taking them down combat. yeah even with non-lethal yeah. yeah so like i think i feel like it's it's the, on the gm to like if if something's going to happen to break the players out of that by engaging in conversation I, I think to add to that point if we were to try and like several rounds before this try and talk her down there's she's like mechanically hostile and like Mm. currently in combat so i think the check to even do anything and you know this is discounting any of her actual character npc motivations or what she's trying to get out of it like is really hard (laughs) like it's just i i think that kind of bumps into what you were saying chris and that you get in this flow of what do i need to do for the combat and then you would have someone like myself playing that that face role with an exceedingly difficult, potentially likely impossible, um, like uphill battle to talk her down. I think Mm -hmm. there has to be, you know, maybe if she was not 
entirely like if maybe if her motivations were different it may yeah. be possible but like in a situation like this i, I don't know i think i agree that it has to be kind of gm led at well, yeah, that she, point she certainly seems to to you guys like a psycho mm-hmm. you know she's like in this house of 50 corpses or whatever house of horrors mm-hmm. yeah it's i i like that you started it if i'll be honest like i do just because it felt like it got to the point where she i, I don't think we would have right like Nah, not at this point. I think it can make sense from the enemy's standpoint as well. When they get their back to a wall, they know they're about to die. You know, maybe this cause isn't worth dying for. So they're willing to give up a little bit of information to help us progress to Mm -hmm. save their lives. And, you know, who knows what we'll end up doing with her. Probably not just let her walk off free, but Mm -hmm. better than dying. I, right. I think, too, you can also see the inverse of this, right? Where if everybody in this party got wiped out and there's just one of us left, that might be a situation where it's like, OK, hey, 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 like, I don't want to die and you're probably going to chase me down and kill me. So, like, what can I do? And that's give up or whatever. But I th- I think if the roles were reversed, there's like a a way that the players would initiate. There's a way that the player, instead of fleeing because they know they can't like outpace an enemy Mm -hmm. or something, if it's an intelligent enemy, potentially try and, you know, not die. Plague stone has taught us that. Potentially (laughs) fleeing. Fleeing sometimes with a character that has fleet or with a care against a character that has fleet doesn't always work. Uh, Well, I'll tell you, give you guys like a small peek behind the curtain. She wasn't like, those of you that have GM'd have seen like certain enemies have like little things in their stat block. That's like, well, when reduced to this point, they like try and flee or whatever Some tactics. Yeah. So I took that as like, she knows she, no matter what she does here, she's get, she's going to get swung at twice. And that would have easily put her down to her flea condition. If not, if not taking her out entirely. So I had her, you know, try and stop the combat at that point. Like she's intelligent enough where it's, it's like, okay, maybe she has like 35 hit points and her flea conditions 15, but she knows she has two swings coming, coming her way. So, you know, she's going to try and deescalate this or, you know, threaten the weakest of you, which is Figgy, right? It's easily like, she knows she can probably, you know, hit Figgy in the back of the head. He's not wearing any armor. Um, And clearly you guys all care for each other. So um, de-escalate with a threat is probably the the easiest way to get you guys to back off. Um, but I think I, I, I think I agree with uh, with what you guys are saying, where it's, it's kind of important as a GM to bring this up, especially if your party doesn't like mention trying to do non-lethal um, because your characters know at a certain point that like this person is tied to a serial killer is tied to like these plots in town, like important stuff. And obviously you can get a lot of information off of her. Your characters all know that. So when I don't hear you guys saying like, okay, we're going to start doing non-lethal so we can question her. Then I start to think, okay, well I got to, you know, at some point I got to try and deescalate. So that I could trade this information for this NPC's life. And then it's on us to whether we want to take that bait yeah, or not. Right, like, yeah, yeah. You can say, like, Diego's still in a rage, or Mir's like, oh, you, you point at Figgy, I'm going to scatter screw you again until you die. Like, there's, mm-hmm. it, 
yeah, we could have just been like, no, screw you. Like, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, and then that's, but that's the, that's giving the party one more choice to say like, Hey, I want to try and get this info or no, I don't want, I don't want to leave any of this to chance. You know, I don't want her to get away. I don't Mm -hmm. want any of that. So, yeah. So I I think it's a, it's an interesting thing that has come up in a lot of our recorded sessions before. Like if you guys remember back when like I threatened like a downed Ikmer to stop a combat, like I've I've done this a couple times to deescalate a combat and it usually is, I'll just reveal as a GM, it's usually because the GM has information that they can give you with those NPCs that you maybe didn't know they had. Well, I've got some questions for this lady. So. I, I know you do. And, <laughs> and I'm not saying that I'm going to be like free flowing with the information. <laughs> You're going to have to work for it. But, uh, but the information is still able to be gleaned at <laughs> this point. Yeah. Um, and so I think uh, I got to give a hero point out. And this one, sorry, I'm going to get to it. Uh, this one is going to Diego because I think Diego did a really good job utilizing um, both attack of opportunity in this combat, as well as utilizing some abilities like sudden charge to really kind of try and corner this ranged combatant. Uh, yeah. um, this this combat again, I think you know from all sides. I'm just very impressed with you guys. It was very tactical. A lot of the things that you you know. Like I said before, with the scatter scree, with the trips, with you know, it was it was a very tactical combat, and I think the fact that you all kind of picked a lane to be tactical in made it successful because it could have very easily turned into a TPK. Um, but this one's going to Diego because I have to pick. Yeah. Uh, so this one's from Alex. Uh, may Rasmir bless you today, as he always has, my son. XOXOXO. And. <laughs> Don't know where that comes from. We're not seeing eye to eye on the Rasmir thing, Alex. We got bad history between us on that. Mm. I see. Well, uh, with that, uh, when last we left our heroes, they went upstairs in Carowin Manor and fought Jostina Suspirio, as well as this large flesh golem that you clearly can infer was made by Rolf. Uh, The party took severe damage but was able to put down the flesh golem and corner jolstina to the point where she uh, put down her arms and surrendered on the condition that she is allowed to live Uh, she also offered to you know call off the zombies in the other room which you have not yet seen and i think uh, that's where we'll get back into it Basically, everyone's surrounding this lady. Vex still on the stairs halfway down. He's going to start walking up. He's got his hands raised where she can see him. All right, Mrs. Spirio. Now, let's not any of us do anything that we're soon to regret. Let's have a civil conversation. We can work this out. Okay. So you head upstairs. She, um, you know, she's already put her bow down. She kind of like reaches for her belt to like kind of unbuckle and drop that as well. No, you can keep your pants up. That's that's fine. It's like a <laughs> it's like a medieval belt so it doesn't keep pants up. It keeps things attached to it, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so like you see, you know, a holstered dagger and several like potion bottles and stuff um, drop with it. So what brings you to uh to Carolwyn Manor? 
You know, it's such a nice place. I was hoping that I'd be able to hang out here for quite some time undisturbed, but lo and behold, visitors. Right. That's what we are. You may take a look around and realize we're not an average party guest that you might have here. We're not affluent like the new rich You're not wearing here. masks. No masks either. Well, I've got two, but... And <laughs> I also I think my friend here has masks. They're um, not wearing good masks. No, they're not good. Anyway, Urgh. we're here looking for somebody, and it turns out we found you and all of this macabre display that you put on. What... What are you doing here? I'm trying to be diplomatic? Yeah. Roll me a diplomacy check. Ooh, starting off the session hot with a natural one. I uh. really don't want to get off on the wrong foot with this lady, so I am going to use my hero point on this. And then uh, I have a couple more sessions before they refresh, so <laughs> I think this could be worth it, though. Oh, great. Uh, natural three. It's an 18. Uh. So it'll probably fail. I don't know if that crit fails at this level, though. <laughs> Your tone sounds so much like my darling Rolf. You got such a silver tongue, huh? What I'm doing here isn't really much of your business, I don't think. It is now, after you've just tried to kill us. My friend here is trying to be polite while we're all still dripping from the wounds you've caused. If you want to hang on to the life you have, you'll start talking now. <laughs> it's a lot of talk from somebody that's just trying to save a badger. You clearly have a real soft heart. Just a badger? Mira's pissed. <laughs> Can I roll an intimidation check to try to okay. coax that info out? Ooh, 19 on the die is going to go to a 33. Yeah, she's unfazed by you. What? Ah. Mm. Uh. So you just want to know why I'm here? Why? I mean, why are you here? Are you a friend of the Carolwins? Actually, my mom works here. <laughs> I thought you looked familiar. Where is she? <laughs> oh, you're not going to be very happy. <laughs> Have we taken away her weapon? Because I'm up. I think she dropped it. Okay, perfect. Sylvie can kick it away. <laughs> Good. Listen, Mr. Spirio, there's there's clearly a lot more at play here. Could be you just like playing with corpses, which I guess I wouldn't be shocked. But why disguise them as plague victims down below? You're up to something. I can tell it. There's more to you than meets the eye. I don't think you're any carnival sideshow. I think you're closer to the main attraction than you might put on. What are you trying to woo me or something? Fortunately, I'm taken. <laughs> You're interpreting that. I just have that um, that effect on people sometimes. But I am curious about you and what you're doing here. Why why dress up the corpses? Why make them look like they're blood vow? I mean, isn't it obvious? If I killed all these people, they could trace it back to me. But if blood vow killed all these people, well... How'd you do it then? How'd you kill them all? Are you the one that stitched up these corpses, or is that your boyfriend? He's kind of, he points to the big old flesh golem, Frankenstein-looking creature that we just fought. Oh, I, I don't get into the business of uh, uh, putting things together like that. That's, uh, that's Rolfie's thing. You know, boys and their toys. All right. You didn't kill our badger, and for that we are grateful. 
Do not try to escape. What do you want? Well, I figured eventually you'd just get bored of talking to me and leave. See, I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to leave, but there's a good chance we're leaving with you, whether you want that or not. That's fine. I've assessed all your skill levels uh, in having combat with you. I'm not too worried if you want to take me with you. She didn't actually say where my mom was. No, we didn't. No. And we also no, because then you start asking a different question, right? Yeah, because she said you weren't going to like it. Why won't she like it? Let's go back to her, her, her mom for a second. Is her mom like them? And he points to just like one of the corpses on the ground. <laughs> oh, that would be kind. But no, she's not like them. What is she like? I wouldn't know. She's not here. Then how do you know she's not one of them? I just said she's not here. But you also said she's not one of them. You just said that. She's not a zombie. All right. Then what is she? I'm worried that she went with her boyfriend here. She's not one of them. Is Rolf planning on stitching her into someone else like his creations he likes to make? (laughs) He did seem pretty upset when he was talking a few weeks ago about these people that killed his dad. Mm. That's an interesting angle. I don't know how I want to address that. I'm going to be like, that's us. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure yeah. he knows, right? Yeah. Considering he took my mom as spite. Mm-hmm. Or to lure us there. All right, then. So where where is he? <laughs> Why would I tell you that? I'd rather die than tell you that. So if that's all you're going to ask, you may as well kill me. The what a... There was another young boy, a uh, a protege, named Ruan. Where is he? You're gonna have to be more specific. A protege. He was. Uh, I didn't. I didn't catch anyone's name that was here. I didn't really care to learn him. Another performer, a teenage boy. Experts with the ocarina, if I remember correctly. Give me a diplomacy check, Sylvie. Ooh. I am trained in diplomacy. It's just not great. Hey, I tried with the ocarina thing. Can I uh, assist? You can try an aid. All right. These rolls are going. That's exactly an aid. Get a plus one. All right. Added a 24 with the aid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rolfie wanted all the Varesians kept alive. Hmm. He's not here either. That is quite specific. Why Why was that so? Mm, proprietary information, miss. Mm, you have piqued my curiosity. I long to know more. Well, if you have any Varesian set friends, you can send them my way. <laughs> I promise nothing bad will happen to them. You can see she's clearly crossing her fingers. <laughs> <laughs> kind of at a loss where to go with her. I know she has information. We're just getting stonewalled. Mm. I mean, we could just torture her, but that's... She clearly didn't re- react well to intimidation, and also we're not, like, assholes, so... Yeah. Um, I'd allow you guys to make perception checks to sense motive. Okay. Okay. I'll, I will do that in a sec. There we go. There's finally a decent roll. I got a 27. Another 19. 29. 29 for Sylvie. Twins. It's a 19 on the die for a, well, that doesn't, 33? Yeah, plus 14. Yes. Mir, 
You notice that in this conversation, yeah. Anytime you guys mention like Rolf, yes, she kind of like flinches. Okay. Uh, you think you might be able to, you know, she clearly doesn't care about being killed or tortured. You think Diego made that pretty clear, and she just brushed him off. But you think she certainly cares about Rolf. Is this like a Harley Quinn Joker thing? It's exactly like a Harley Quinn Joker <laughs> thing. It's exactly what the character is based off of. Okay. So Mir will just like turn to back. I'm not sure she cares for her own life as much she cares as much as she cares for Ralph's life. Gotcha, gotcha. Hmm. Now how to spin that? <laughs> what if we said, uh, well, I guess it's more like we're gonna find Ralph regardless. It's just. Mm-hmm. Do we allow them to see each other before or like, right? Like, do we promise not to kill him and only to capture him or something? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. I, I think I see where where your head's going with this. And I, and I think I may have an angle. All right. So then Vex pipes back up. All right, Mr. Spirio. We're obviously not going to scare you into giving us what you want. And we're, I think we've made it clear that we're not going to kill you. We're not that type of people. But we can't just let you go free. We are going to turn you over to the city guard. That's indisputable. It's not something that we are going to negotiate. It is what is going to happen. But that being said, we do have a lot of pull with the city guard. We're also going to go after Roth Lamb. Maybe we're successful. Maybe he kills us. We'll see. But in the event that we are, perhaps I could put in a good word with Miss Cressida Croft and you two could cherish a cell. What would you think about that? Otherwise, you will never, ever see him again. Roll an intimidate. No more, no more hero points. And we know at least the other intimidate check was high. So we'll see. Oh, it was on a one. It rolled to a 19. That is a 34. Yep. It was such a slow <laughs> flip onto that 19, too. Uh, because you mentioned Rolf and imprisonment, uh, that is a critical success. Okay, here's the deal. I'll tell you what you want to know. Just don't kill my Rolfie. I understand you got to take me uh, take me to prison if you can, but uh, but I'll tell you what you what you want to know as long as you don't uh, you don't kill him. I think that is a compromise we can certainly make. I think we've already demonstrated that if we don't need to kill somebody, we won't do that. So you know our heart's in the right place. We mean these words. But I need to know what you know right now. Rolfi's boss um, said it was suspicious that only the lower income people were succumbing to blood veil, or at least most of them, and that it wasn't targeting any of any of the elites. Uh, so he sent me to to one of these parties to, um, well, to murder everyone here and make it look like Bloodvale killed them all. There we go. That's That makes sense. Uh, so I, you know, I used um, corpse sculpting to, to hide the wounds I gave them and make it look like they had the red splotches and everything. Um... He also sent me uh, to this party specifically because he said one of his um, one of his dad's murderers had family working here. And he instructed me to make sure that she I didn't kill her, but I handed her over to him. 
as well as all the Varesians that were working here. So that Ruan boy you were talking about, full-blooded Varesian, I could tell right away. Um, I made sure I kept him alive, bound him up. Um, Rolfi came uh, the next morning with uh, some of those Beakmass people. Um, I think the the Queen's physicians came with some of them to pick up the um, the group of living folk. Um, and Rolfi said, I should just wait out the plague here. And he said he'd meet me afterwards, but he had business to attend to. I, I'm a bit jealous. I think he's I think his relationship with that uh, boss of his is no good. I think she's working him to the bone, but he wanted the, the Varesians because what they've been noticing, uh, the the Ergothoans that he's working with, they, they've been noticing that Varesians are somewhat resistant to the plague in that, like, you can expose them as much as you want, but there's a part of that population that just doesn't get sick. So they're trying to figure out how to infect those folks because, you know, they're part of the the groups that the plague's meant to take out or whatever. Obviously, we, you know, I was sent here to to make it look like the plague's affecting everyone equally. You've mentioned a boss of Rolf a couple times. You, you happen to have a name. I don't know a name. I've just seen references to her in, in like, Rolf's journal. That kind of gives like a knowing look to the rest of the party. I think it's pretty clearly in Dason. It's kind of what I was fishing to see if she could confirm that, but I think that's pretty clear, especially since she mentioned those Ergothoans. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'd turned to Mir at this point. Uh, you clearly are related to that orc lady, so I'm assuming you and maybe the rest of this group helped killed, kill uh, Gadrin Lamb. I mean, he's he's looking to turn your mom into one of those. She points back to the um, the flesh golem. And it ain't gonna be pretty because he's gonna use her to kill you, I think. You know, unless you can stop him in time, but, you know, he's had her for a day now, day or two. Alright, so it sounds imperative that we get to my mom as soon as possible. You need to tell us right now where she is. That I don't know. He's, Rolf's gone underground. I, I've only met up with him at spots. Uh, either spots where he's killed somebody or, you know, spots to exchange information. But like I said, he was with the Queen's physicians, so... I think if we've learned anything during the short time we've been together, this city has a lot of underground stuff. What if he, he literally went underground and underground that hospital hospice area that they put up for all the sick people that they're mandating you go there or die? A lot of dead folks there you could turn into a shambling corpse or some sort of construct. Lots of Queen's physicians. Yeah, I was going to say, where else, where else though, to, to test uh, how to infect Varesians if you need a constantly exposing them? <laughs> well, that's the least of your concerns anyway. I mean, his big project is to morph this disease to, well, to bring the dead back after they died of blood veil. That's what these were supposed to represent, the beginning of that. I think he's almost made a breakthrough on that front. Is that a goal that he shares with the physicians that are corrupted, or...? Oh, no, that's his own personal goal. That's what he's been working on. 
uh, more than anything, except for uh, whatever his boss forces him to do. We can't let him succeed. Uh, adjustment to Blood Veil would be like that would be a vile desecration to all the dead in the city. I mean, my Rolf, he's a real smart guy. It's only a matter of time. I think at this point, like Vex visibly shaken because what she's confirming is a lot of stuff that we've suspected that this is man. We, we knew this was manufactured, but she's further confirming that she's further confirming that all uh, this necromantic stuff that the queen's physicians are seemingly all dirty. Like he's feeling like someone who is in a trap and they, they've, they finally realize they're in a trap, but don't see a way out. Like this is terrifying. Yeah. You realize like all of Corvos is a trap and you're mm-hmm. sitting in the middle of it right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're the mice who fell in the bucket, the greased bucket. 100%. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we wanted? No, from this lady. Not really. I want her to strip off all of her equipment and uh, want to put her in manacles and bring her to the guard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Spirio, we do appreciate your cooperation. I do intend to hold our word of hopefully getting you to a cell with your beloved. But we are going to confiscate your things and then we're going to get you moving. You would strip me down, wouldn't you? You'd be the one that would want to do that, huh? No. No, no, no. Don't you put words in you my mouth dirty like dirty little that. pervert. I also am, am taken. I have a girlfriend. Um, It's long distance, though, so, you know. No. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes, it is. But that's not the point. That doesn't mean you can fool around. It's all flustered. <laughs> Sylvie and Mir can help actually strip her <laughs> so she stops coming on to the guy. There's one thing we still need her to fulfill. She needs to clear the zombies out of that other room. Hmm. Oh, I can do that. Uh, just let me hold on to this wand. Can I identify the wand before I allow her to keep it? Yes, you try. Okay going to be like a wand of fireball or teleport <laughs> you walks over oh, yeah. and just fucks you just blows us up or disappears so i'm gonna use uh nature okay i just put the i put it in the chat so you can roll on it but oh. chris i'll take your roll yeah i got a 16 occultism i don't think that's gonna do it um i i'll just roll religion to see but it's gonna probably not be high i rolled arcana <laughs> okay it, it it was high as a 29 okay yeah, a, a 29 religion would recognize this as a uh, wand of animate dead level three. Oh. Sorry, I just identified it. Um, so she would take that and um, open the door over here. And from out, you'd see um, a zombie that looks like the lady of the house, like um, in like a you know, beautiful dress. The other looks like an attendant. It still has like a hair comb in its hand. Uh, and it looks like they just came out of the master bedroom of this home. Is this lady doing an outfit change in the middle of her party? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, you've never done that. I do that all the time. <laughs> you gotta have at least one or two wardrobe changes at parties. Yeah. Yeah, when you have company over. You changes know. to the dinner attire. 
Yeah, but like, if you're needing an attendant, if, I'm gonna guess you got some extravagant outfit, man. Oh man, she's I mean, like, just wait, guys. They're like the new money of Corvosa. She's doing everything, uh, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. possible to look like she's wealthy. That makes sense. She takes her attendant upstairs to get changed. But yeah, you think this is this is probably the um, the lady of the house who you know, Mir, you just know from your mom working here. His name is uh, Olaren um, Carowin. Okay. So what, what is she, what's the zombie being doing? Uh, I mean, she's like commanding them to just basically like be inert. So okay. they just kind of like slump against the railing. God, I half expected them to just jump over the edge. <laughs> God. So we can just go over there and like, you know, kill them basically. Or you, yeah, yeah, you could go yeah. kill them or, you know, you could, if you took the wand, you could control them if you wanted to. But yeah, it's, it's like she, she has, she like, you know, drops the wand after that. And it's like, okay, um. They're out of commission. They're not going to react to you. Well, I feel like I don't want that one because it feels against nature <laughs> to like, be, be animating dead, which means I, I feel like this is just like against like the whole primal track that I'm on. Yeah, I, I, boy, I mean, it has a price tag at 360. I don't see any of us really using this. I think we should sell this. Sell it. Chance, oh, yeah. agreed yeah. that we yeah. should sell it. I just think for now, yep. this should be a Vec. Yeah, I, I can hold on to it. No problem. Vec used if we need it. Mm-hmm. I'll throw it on my sheet for now with the intention of selling it. Yeah, so I believe because it's level three, you can create up to level two undead. So, like, you can look at that list, and with a corpse, you can basically make a, like, anything that's level two or lower. Uh, you know, if we're going to the hospice, there are going to be a lot of corpses around. I might might need a little backup. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's an option. It's a once-per-day thing. I'm not super familiar with that spell so the reason she was able to control them was because she had animated these dead we couldn't just use this wand to can like make other undead just inert yeah it's not it's not a control okay. undead it's a you know it this is one of the like things between like 1e and 2e that like is a little futzy right because like in in 1e when you animate dead they're permanent Right. In 2e, when you animate dead, it's pretty much just doing a summon monster, but with the undead mm, list. Okay. Uh, so that's that's what this this spell essentially is. It's just, you know, the, the story, <laughs> the story in the 1e version is she's like, she's used this wand to animate all of these zombies from the people she's killed. And, you know, now they're like all under her control, uh, which would work in 1e. In 2e, it wouldn't work that way. But now this wand is pretty much just a once per day use uh, summon monster three, except it's for undead. Mm. Gotcha. What else does she have on her body? Let's uh, let's check that out. Okay, you guys want to check that out? So I'm gonna put uh, the unidentified stuff in the chat to roll on. There is an unusual dagger. There is an unusual composite short bow. There is a unusual set of leather armor. I'm seeing a couple successes in here. Uh, so I don't know which one is getting rolled on right now. Um, but it looks like the dagger has been identified by Diego. Mir has identified the armor. Uh, nobody has identified the bow yet. I would like to try to identify that. Or sorry, hold on. Diego identified the bow. Diego got the bow. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Diego got the bow and the dagger, and Mir got the armor. So, 
The armor is uh, plus one leather armor. The dagger is a dagger of venom. This is a level five item. Uh, it is a plus one striking dagger. When you critically succeed at an attack roll with the dagger of venom, the target becomes sick in one unless it succeeds at a fortitude save. This is a poison effect. In addition, you can activate the dagger to poison a creature with a more potent poison for one action once per day. Or sorry, yeah, one action once per day. Um, and it does like a, it's a fortitude save for a four round poison that does like a D8 of poison damage and enfeebled one. Uh, the composite short bow is a plus one striking wounding composite short bow. So it is um, obviously a plus one striking composite short bow, and then the wounding is a property rune that's on it that does an additional 1d6 of bleed on a hit. Ooh. Wow. That's pretty neat. Uh, in addition to those items, the rest of the things she has on her are... Um, a disguise kit elite, a disguise kit with elite cosmetics, a dark vision elixir lesser, an invisibility potion, and giant centipede venom. Um, Neat. So, biggest value item in this whole thing, that wounding rune. It looks like that only works on piercing or slashing melee weapons, so I think only uh, Sylvie would be able to use it, potentially. But it's on the bow. Yeah, potentially it was a special thing for her. I don't know, but maybe Sylvie's the prime candidate for slapping that on one of her weapons. Do yeah, but she are... already has the fear thing. Yeah, oh, true. I mean, we could switch it over, but if we just... Is there someone that would use the short bow as is that could use it? Me. I think That's we just leave it then. I was say it. Personally, I wanted it, but I know that was immediately like... Who makes sense to have it? And I get it having the frontliner, but I want the bow. That's fair. Because right now all I have is a plus one longbow. So this would be a plus one striking bow, which is an improvement even without the wounding. But the wounding would not be bad to keep. I mean, the extra damage since for mine, the frightened is on a critical uh, for the the fearsome. Mm -hmm. So... This is not the wounding rune is not uh, critical. It just right, it's on just, every yeah, hit. every yeah. Hit. right. So the fearsome, like, what can that be put on? Do we want to do a switcheroo? Uh, let me check. I guess I don't know if fearsome would actually be helpful for me. Fearsome could be on, I think, any weapon. Yep, just, just no. You're gonna yeah. On a weapon. I'm just saying this is a this is literally a special bow made for this. So it's the only bow you're ever gonna get that has wounding. I know, and I'd really like to keep it that way. I also understand... So, if you change it, if you change the item from the bow, you will never have a wounding bow again. It's literally a special weapon for her from the campaign. We can leave it. So, like, when you add it to your... When you add it to your inventory, it will still have the 1d6 bleed, because it's a built weapon. Right. Uh, It's tough, because that's... It's so good on... on On a swash. I don't know, maybe roll off? I mean, I think... As long as Mir hits a target once, it's just as good as Sylvie having it. Yeah, I think that I should have it. I personally, Sylvie makes more sense. Sylvie has a twenty percent higher crit chance than Mir because of her proficiency. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with Mir getting that. It's a special weapon, so uh, it makes sense to keep it together. And Sylvie's not going to use the weapon as is. 
Yeah, like if you were going to use the bow, then there's an argument. But if you're going to take apart the bow, then um, again, it becomes a much less valuable weapon. Yeah, I would love to have this. <laughs> cool. Now, the dagger is a good backup for you because it does extra poison damage. Yeah, and the fact that it's agile, finesse. Mm-hmm. Already has does poison striking. on a crit. Does po- that that poison is not a part of the crit effect? Like it's not a rune. You know what I mean? It's just oh. the fact that it's a. So you could potentially add. It's a special magic weapon. Yeah. 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 The way I'm ruling um, special magic weapons is just they're additive. They're not. I know the normal rules are you can only do potency or striking runes on them, but I kind of think that's dumb. Because their special benefit is never as good as a rune, <laughs> so uh, you can yeah you can add your fearsome rune to that if you wanted to. Hmm, that opens up some possibilities. Sylvie would take that if if there's no one else that it would be potentially a backup weapon for her. I'll have to look at the damage, but if someone else would also like a backup weapon, I understand Sylvie has a lot of backup weapons. No, I think that makes sense. That's good. Does anyone need a plus one rune? I think Vec does still. I thought I already got something like that. Check your armor. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking. Um, I, I was talking. Yeah. Weapons. Yeah. Oh, weapons. I, there's, I, I already have one on a hand crossbow that yeah, I probably running. will never really use. Yeah. She's got a plus one armor potency rune. That Now that. Now that's yeah. going to Vec. I'm yeah, pretty as, sure. As long as everybody else already has one, because I'm definitely lowest on the totem pole there. Um, I also see in her, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of pushback on this, but I also see in her uh, inventory that there's like a disguise kit and some replacement cosmetics for that. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, see I anybody else taking that. So yeah, you know, full disclosure, I did already add that to my hero lab sheet uh, <laughs> while you guys were yep. talking about the bow. So I'll take that officially and then I will do the armor potency rune as well. I appreciate it, even though I know like nobody else was really. Sylvie is actually a little interested in that disguise kit but she doesn't push too much because she doesn't want to show too much interest. <laughs> but yep. she she kind of eyes you as you grab it and tries to take I mean, a closer look at it. That's certainly, I mean, it's, it's literally whoever has the best deception can use it multiple times. That's why it's got the extra cosmetics in it. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. you know, you guys could all disguise, you know, you could disguise up as a group. Um, Play dress up, yeah. Exactly, yeah. That can touch up his eyeliner. He can put eyeliner on the rest of us Hell with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you do. Um, also got some. Looks like other stuff. Yeah, dark vision elixir, lesser, an invisibility potion, and some giant centipede venom. We all have dark vision, right? Can Figgy take that? I don't think he has it. Yeah, he doesn't have dark vision. I would love. You could definitely like feed yeah. Figgy the elixir. For- so just perfect. Yeah, if, like Mir wants to hang on to it and distributed right. as she needs. We also have the invisibility potions. Um, I grabbed one earlier um, with the intention of using it to like hide and heal during combat. But I really just only ever need one. It's not like I'm ever going to take twice, you know, two at once. So I feel like at the, you know, I it might, it might make sense. To, yeah, well, absolutely. You should have at least one being stealthy. But like maybe we just spread them around and if I do the like invisibility thing during a combat and then do it again later, I'll just take someone off someone's sheet that's not yeah. going to use it. Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like, you know, again, just in in, I guess, with the thought of trying to proc the bleed once might be a good idea to have 
you know, you yeah. from range, be invisible at the start of a big combat to get them flat-footed and everything to Absolutely. maximize that. Okay, well, that that's the items on her. Uh, what are you doing to restrain her? Do we have manacles? We used to. Not oh, I did take the three sleep arrows that she had on her body as well. Just a heads up. Figured that wouldn't be a problem. Hmm. We might be able to put one to work right now. She's an elf. She's immune to sleep. Ah. Uh, well, she immune to non-lethal damage. <laughs> just knock her out. That's just hold her down she, and beat her. Become uh, hostile, hostile again. Yeah, we don't want to do that. I do have rope. Yeah. If we want to tie her up. My concern is she's very acrobatic. So I think we tie her up, but also want to have like a hand on her too. Yeah. Diego can can usher her around. Keep an eye on her. Okay. Um, whoever's tying her up, make me a thievery check. Actually, uh, I'll make a thievery check. For Against you. what? And we're going to do a GM hidden roll. Oh. Oh. So who's doing it? Okay, well, who has the best thievery? I have a plus 12. I'll let you know what I have here in a second when I remember where thievery is located. <laughs> I have a plus 11, so you are above me. You can try to aid if you want. That doesn't I will to try good. to aid. That doesn't have to be a hidden check. You can. I'll just apply that on. I certainly aid. Do you critically aid? Uh, what do I have to get to third? Like thirty. Thirty? No. Okay. I just got a twenty-seven. So. <laughs> so you're at a plus thirteen, and I'm gonna roll. All that. right. Okay. That's gonna set how difficult it is for her to get out of that. She's gonna be tricksy the whole way. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's like 100% getting out of this. We all know this, right? This is happening. (laughs) Uh, Both Diego and Gaken will will walk with her. Mm -hmm. Sylvie will be close by. So you have all her gear. You've tied her up. What are you guys doing now? You did notice there was a a staircase up and a staircase down from the first floor. You're going to kill the zombies first? Yes, kill the zombies. From the first floor. One that went up that came up to here. Oh. Yeah, I think we just... uh, finished exploring yeah. the manor mm-hmm. yeah. and uh we take this lady with us we're not like right right exactly. figure you would so you guys check out these rooms you know, there's not a ton of interest you can tell that like the, the room like currently directly north looks like an office there's a uh master bedroom kind of in between in the middle and then there's a restroom at the end of the hallway uh, you do notice that this room is kind of filled with paintings uh, rather expensive looking paintings hmm. um, some of the carowinds like y- you assume like their lineage and some of you know other corvos and scenes so they're just expensive paintings yeah well I don't know if we really want to loot those since they're pretty specific people paintings well how much are they worth (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you they're not like terribly expensive but they're probably like 10 to 20 gold depending on which one you're looking at so the carowin ones would sell for less (laughs) just because they're so specific well and now that family's gone so maybe they'll sell for more no one wants to have another family's lineage (laughs) portraits in their house weird crazy so you guys do make it 
downstairs from the first floor. The, the staircase kind of spirals down, and you find yourselves in a wine cellar. Oh, anything good to steal here? Well, in the wine cellar, you you see that it is uh, well-stocked. There are several large casks that line the walls, um, and then you see a small wooden door in the southeastern corner. Um it looks like it's been freshly restocked, and I mean, it's a lot of wine to carry, but it would probably be worth uh, like 50 gold. We have a wand of floating disc. Yes, we do. Yeah, you think it'd take at least eight trips. Oh. Oh. Mm. Ah! Never mind. Uh, we could uh, take one so that we have a uh, better, better alcohol to make toasts with. <laughs> Good thinking. <laughs> I think we should all grab a bottle of wine to drink on the way back. <laughs> or at least a, certainly do that. a vintage four going back to Badger and Blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, quarantine, but sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bring some vintages back to uh, Sylvie's house. Yeah, for the Fordyce house party. Fordyce house party. Honestly, we do kind of owe them. If we can pick out a nice bottle that your, uh, your aunt and uncle would like. I think that would be a nice gift that would go a long way. To making them happier for hosting everyone. Don't let them ask us where it came from, though. Yeah. Is this one <laughs> of those new money families? <laughs> well, we picked it up on the way. Uh, I'm more worried they're going to be like, how do these freaking street urchins <laughs> essentially be able to afford this? We'll also give them the family portraits. <laughs> <laughs> one less family to compete against. Sylvie, you... Make your way to the southern door, since that's where I've put you on the map. Uh, and you do notice that it is locked. Ooh, we have not found any keys. Sylvie looks back to the rest of the party. The door is locked, but that is something we could fix. I didn't even know this level was here. Hmm. You sure you're not hiding any keys on you? I thought you were paying a ton of attention when I was stripped naked. No, no, not a <laughs> no, not again. Did you see any keys? I don't know. I wasn't looking. Sylvie, <laughs> Mia, did you see any keys? A likely story. Did I see any keys? No. <laughs> it is strange that they did not drink more wine at the actual party. Maybe it was cut too short for them to uh, make any progress. All right. Well. It's- Blast it open. All right. Sylvie, gonna try to pick the lock. Okay. Can I help you? Oh. Or is that not something I can help with? Uh, I think you can attempt an aid with it, but okay. uh, Sylvie's already beat it. Oh. Got a 29. So you unlock the door. You doing anything here? You open it up. I would like to. Can I look for traps? Oh, good idea. Because I have trap finding. <laughs> Got a three on the die, plus 15. No traps. Plus 15 is 18. Not a single trap. Wow, we're really good to go. Uh, <laughs> Sylvie is a little skeptical about how well-stocked this is, that maybe somebody came through here or there is something on the other side, so she's going to attempt to peek through the door and do it stealthily. Okay. Uh, but that does mean she will be cracking open the door to take a mm-hmm. look. Uh, 22. Uh, you open the door and... You see a, you know, you kind of peek through. You see a frightened man that's like great at the temples wearing like a nice kind of fancy jacket. 
that, you know, looks now like sweat stained maybe. And like, you can kind of like, you smell into the room and it smells like this guy hasn't bathed in like a couple of days. <laughs> um, and he is <laughs> brandishing at you what you know from like your, your like, Days in your your upbringing in high society is like a paint knife, <laughs> like used to like mix paints, and it's clearly dull. And he's brandishing it. He's brandishing it at the door, uh, so he's clearly noticed you. Probably because this room is so small that he could not look. Like there's nowhere he could be where he couldn't see the door. Mm. <laughs> he's like, who's that? Is it that vile, crazy woman? Sylvie holds her hands up. You do not have to fear. We can help you. We are not here to harm you. Every time I tried to leave this room, I heard that mad woman giggling upstairs. We have apprehended her. She is under our under our guidance now. She's alive? Don't tell me she's down here with you. <laughs> Sylvie takes a moment to, to think. We have a restraint. Do not fear. She'll kill us all! <laughs> like, he slams against the door at you. He's going to try and make an athletics check against your fortitude DC. All right. Oh! Natural 18. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a 21. Uh, It's a 10 plus my fortitude. 10 plus your fortitude. Uh, 21 yeah. does not succeed. 21 does not see Oh, wow. He, he slams against the um, against the door, and you, you do feel it strain, but you're able to kind of, like, hold it open at the last crack. His days of basement dwelling have made him feeble. <laughs> you do? Don't hold it against me. I've been subsisting off of rainwater and rats. My name is Sylvie. What is yours? We can take this, take this down the notch. Uh, I, uh, well, my name is Alcio Carowin. I'm the master of the house. This is my bug-out room, as it were, but you seem to be, have been able to break into it. The good news is that this room has saved your life. You are safe now, so do not worry. <laughs> Did you not invite your wife into this room? Well... I was greeting the Westicares when the elven acrobat we hired as an entertainer went crazy. I saw her open fire on one of my guests with a crossbow. She was laughing all the while in the most frightful, shrill way. I've been locked in here for days because I, I was close to the, close to the basement. I ran down immediately. That sounds like a no to Mirror's question. <laughs> <laughs> all I've heard since I've tried to escape is the horrible laughter from above. Clearly she's not dead and you have her in this room and I can't slam the door on you because you're too strong and I've been eating rats for three days. Mr. Carowin, Mr. Carowin, uh, uh, Vec Relby. I can't hear you. You're, you're all the way around the... Oh, get out of the way. He tries to like, he's like bumping up against bottles and stuff as he goes past all of the people. Mr. Carowin, my name is Vec Relby. Pleasure to meet you. You're correct. Uh, this uh, horrific elven woman has done terrible things to the people upstairs, but the dead have been quelled. It is just us here now, and she is in chains. We are taking her to the city guard. It is safe to leave your panic room. <laughs> is that, oh, is that the man in the house? Uh, uh, Tell uh, us Mrs. what Beria. happened to his wife. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, uh, 
What is she saying? Um... What... What news of my wife? Pay her no heed. Gotta tell her. Mrs. Spirio. That's her name. Shit. Uh, Carolyn. Mr. Carolyn. As... Charm. You you may suspect. It it is with a heavy heart that I I need to deliver the news that your guests and I I believe your, your wife as well fell... To, to this woman's mad machinations, she's no longer among the living. That's that, the fact that you survived news. is a miracle itself, that anybody survived the slaughter. I had, I had my bug out room. This is my studio. It's where I come down to do my art. And you now, now that you're in here, now that you've like come into the room, you see he's like, he literally has like a bunch of like naked paintings of his wife. Oh, oh <laughs> Jesus this Christ! Like, this is like his quote unquote studio. <laughs> this guy like it's almost exclusively this is his boy's wife. room. Yeah, he's like, he's like painting. You know, he's <laughs> there's a huge couch in here too. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> sometimes you need a place to go to relax. Whoa, um, uh, geez, um, it, he, he peeks his head back out. This mature content is beyond Gakin's age. I don't want him saying it. Gakin, close your eyes. <laughs> this man has been painting his wife as if she were one of those Galt girls. <laughs> oh my god. I've heard much of them. Please command me to walk forward. Gakin. <laughs> it turns to Vec. Let the boy watch. All right. No. <laughs> Kagan moves into the room. <laughs> Mr. Carolyn, we mean to bring you to safety now. Um, now you can leave this hovel of pornography. <laughs> this hidey hole of filth. Uh, it's portable. If it pleases you. Now it's depressing. Yeah. I'm sure these, these, images, about it. these images hit different when your wife's <laughs> dead. They do. I don't know if you've ever painted a naked woman and then had them die later, but it's it's an experience. I have not. Um, my girlfriend is an artist, though. I won't, and never mind. Well, hopefully you don't die. She's probably got some of you. Surely the paintings would appreciate in value after the death. Well, it depends. You're safe now. I think it's time to leave. Unless you want to hang out here, you, which I guess this is your manner, but this place is sure to be crawling with Pharasmans and the city guard quite soon as they clean up any undead that might be left. Mm. We did a pretty thorough search, but I can't be certain that we've cleaned everything up. Well, then I'll follow you outside. If you think there might still be undead creatures in my manor, um, but I, I do have... I mean, I, I have to thank you for, for saving my life and at least doing your best to, to clear out this place and, and to um, bring the mad elven acrobat to justice. Um, please, uh, I, I had this squirreled away for, you know, a, for the good times. It seems there won't be any good times very soon. Correct. <laughs> hey, Dick. The city is in shambles. Uh, so he, if you guys want to, you can click that uh, little box there. Ooh, that's a lot of gold. Ooh. It is in his bug out room. That makes sense. He's hoarding his gold. He's got a couple things to mm-hmm. help him out bug. And he's got an oil of weight, weightlessness greater. 
and uh, an escape Fulu and 350 gold. Oh, clearly his, I, I can already see his, his order of operations. Use the oil, spread it over all the paintings so he can carry them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Activate the escape Fulu, run with it, run for them with his life. Yeah. <laughs> run with a cask of wine. <laughs> yeah, good cask of wine. <laughs> out. It's actually in his tactic. <laughs> Grab the porno and run. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. Grab the porno and run. <laughs> Since I painted it, it's art. By the way. Would you do us the favor of distributing all that gold to each of our pockets? Uh, 350 gold, dear listeners. That's a lot of gold. Mm-hmm. Distribute coins. Yeah. Then you guys can pick who wants that oil of weightlessness or the escape Fulu. What is a Fulu? I've never encountered that in Pathfinder. Ooh, I don't so know aren't is. they kind of like the... They're kind of like so they're, they're, yeah. um, they're like They're the classic... You see it a lot in animes. They're the like... I believe these are the Fulus where they're the one piece of paper all the way down with like oh, the word Oh, yep. yeah. I know exactly yeah. what that is. Okay. Yeah, you see that a ton in like animes and stuff, but I'm pretty sure that's the Fulu. In, in some tea and jaw adventures... Uh, they're sometimes uh, used as protection on like structures or houses and stuff like that. I mean, they can be put on anything, but like yeah. that's kind of their historic. So this is this is kind of why he's got it in his bug out room, right? The escape Fulu is a charm common among wealthy people who wear the talisman in case of a kidnapping. <laughs> when you activate this Fulu for one minute, you gain a plus two status bonus to your attempts to escape as well as to stealth checks to hide and sneak. Mm-hmm. We should give this to the elf acrobat. She's in most need of it. I feel like I haven't gotten an item in a while. <laughs> She's gonna escape anyway. No need. I was stripped naked. I should at least get a Fulu to preserve my modesty. Well, she's not naked now. <laughs> Cover yourself with this crude painting. <laughs> Weird. All those paintings are magically enhanced to be escape fools. <laughs> Honestly, I think it makes sense for either Diego or Sylvia to have the Fulu because you can yeah, just fix the armor. Combat, so, if, like, yeah. if we get grabbed or something, oh. yeah, yeah. It's a fix the porno of speed into your armor. <laughs> Do you want to roll off for it then? Let's roll off for it. Yeah, I'll roll in chat to be above board. Ooh, oh, Diego's got that natural I, twenty. I burned a natural twenty on that. You beat me, so <laughs> might as well take it. I will take. I don't know if you have to do anything to affix it, but I would love to just immediately affix it, um, as long as there's no time constraint. You just lick the back of it, stick, <laughs> stick it, it on, on my forehead. <laughs> Unfortunately, much like postage stamps, it was poisoned. Oh, it is. A, it, it's a talisman, so I gotta, yeah. you know, I gotta spend ten minutes to fix it. I'll, I'll do that whenever we have downtime. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, you guys have. Yeah, we uh, we moving out of here. I assume so. You get out of there, and you probably... Who took the oil of weightlessness? Uh, no one. Okay. Would you like it? Someone should take it. I'll put it on my sheet for now. Feels like something we could use for later, but have, we have no applications right now for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not any of these casts. They're more than two bulk. You could use it to bring uh, 20 bottles of wine. I, I don't think we need to take 20 bottles. You take 20 bottles of wine if you want to take 20 bottles of wine. Let's wait until we come across like four gold bricks or something that's worth more. Well, I got two hands. I'm taking two bottles of wine. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh, feel free to avail yourself of the of the wine cellar. Uh, that This crazy woman attacked 
uh, right before right before we started serving wine. Okay. He grabs one of his. I think he's gonna drink it on the sidewalk outside his house. Uh, <laughs> Wait for the presents to come. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey! Should we warn him real quick on how bad it is upstairs if he ran here immediately? Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, mate, we're gonna bring you back through the main room and everything. I want you to walk behind Diego and look straight at his back. Can you guys give me uh, thirty seconds to a minute? Yes. Also, he immediately corks a bottle of wine. <laughs> there's something. There's something we like to do. There's something we like to do as a party called a blind chug. You close your eyes and you drink uh, alcohol straight as we're traveling somewhere, and open your eyes once we're outside of that location. <laughs> he replenishes his stock. <laughs> Mate, you've been eating rats for three days. Slow down. That, that means I'm ready to go upstairs. <laughs> One bottle in. I mean, I get the logic, though. Like, if someone was like, Steve, I'm going to walk you past a mansion <laughs> full of corpses. I'd be full like, okay, of people hold you on. Know, full of dead people, <laughs> I, you know. I need to get loaded first. <laughs> All right, maybe a porno for the road. <laughs> he takes one folds it up. <laughs> Focus on the fruited notes of the wine instead of the metallic blood of the rooms we're passing through. So you guys head back up through the manor. And where are you going like after this? Like Ozio, you know, clearly gave his thanks. He's probably gonna wait, or if you guys aren't gonna notify the Frasmans, we'll probably go do that. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I'd recommend he does that. We go right to the authorities with this awful woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So and uh, we are gonna do a diamond around her. Mm-hmm. A, a what? A phalanx. Yeah. Or whatever. You know. Diamond. Mm-hmm. She in the middle. As we walk down the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vex blushing and not looking at her. Perfect. You can walk in front. I walk in front. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, let's see what happens. I know what you guys have for uh, for thievery. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know my perception for if she's trying to escape? She just is a plus fourteen, so you're the one I have to beat, right? She just knocked her unconscious and carried her. Oh, I mean, okay. I was planning to hold on to the sleep arrow and uh, might just jab her as needed. Okay. She's immune. To- oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again. So. No one notices anything off with her. She's walking along with you. Is that a dot, dot, dot? Um, and, at, you know, what I'm saying is nobody notices her, you know, kind of working the, the rope. Um, and basically what I'm doing here is I'm using her stealth against your perception, DC. So I think most of you are above a plus. Or no, nobody is actually above this. Okay. So she got a 39 stealth, which would critically beat all of your perception DCs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, she also, so you you guys, for what it's worth, got a 26 on your thievery to, you know, put, put these binds together. So uh, the binds are together. However, she got a 34 on her thievery to beat that. So she's able to slip the binds. Had she not critically succeeded on that stealth, 
I would say that she's been noticed because she didn't critically succeed the thievery to get out. Uh, but because she critically succeeded at that stealth, none of you know that she's loose right now. And so you're kind of like diamond formationing around her. She still seems to be like walking with you. Um, so I think this is going to be the, the last test to see if she can get away. Okay. Um, she's going to attempt to create a diversion. If she succeeds, I'm going to have her kind of slip out of the diamond here. Okay. A 35 to create a diversion, I believe, is still against everyone's perception DC. Going to crit succeed everyone. Yep. Which will still crit succeed Mir. Yes. So she is going to step out of the diamond. I think she, I think she may be like... You know, because she's free, she can like kick up a co- like a, a cobble or something, and like kind of discreetly like toss it at um, at a gray maiden. You see, as you're as you're like trying to take her to um, to Citadel Volshnik to either turn her over to Cressida or or the guards there, it hits the gray maiden square in the helmet. Ooh, this cobblestone. The Grey Maiden turns on you. Her two counterparts turn on you. They look directly at the diamond formation of the four of you. And at this point, she's already ducked and slipped the party as the three Grey Maidens turn and draw their swords. And I think we'll continue the curse campaign next time. Oh my god! The Bestow Curse Podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.